If you hear me, clap once. If you hear me, clap twice. You guys are getting so social with each other. Would you, yeah, right? Would you quit being so friendly already? Um, welcome, everybody. Um, we are. This is our third week, Julie. Third week that we've been down here, but I've been loving sitting in circles like this. It's great. It does mean I gotta employ like, if you hear me clap once, method. That's like that's teenage stuff right there. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, so third, yeah, third week of being down here, and what we're doing is we are on a journey together uh, that we're calling setting the table, and it's the third of seven weeks that we're gonna do of this sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I'm just like excited already that um, it's felt really, really good to be in circles with you guys. When people ask me how it's going, I'm like, well, we, we made this little change. And I don't know if we'll do it forever. Maybe we want to. But like, I, I love that I have to like yell to get you to stop talking with each other. That's really, really cool. Um, and I don't want to stop have you stop talking with each other. I want to, right now, like set you up for more conversation like that. So uh, the sermons that we've been doing have really been like shorts and have been uh, a way to, to prompt conversation with your tables so that we can discern, uh, well, remember who God is calling us to be. These are kind of the reasons for this. Remember who God's calling us to be. COVID's been a tough season and it's been easy to forget who we are and who God's calling us to be. So I, I just want to continue to remind us that we're, we're uh, the light of the world. Um, we're God's children. Uh, and then the second reason is to evaluate uh, changes that we might be able to make for greater impact. We've already kind of made a change by coming down around circles. Maybe that's something we want to continue to do. So over the course of these weeks, I want to discern that with you together. And then uh, my favorite thing to do, uh, third purpose of this setting the table initiative is to dream together. Uh, you know that phrase, uh, the best is yet to come? Before politicians and businesses hijacked it, I think we were saying it. <laughs> um, so we didn't invent that phrase, but like, man, Jesus isn't done. And there's been dark seasons in this world that felt like the end was near, and then he did a new thing. So I, I'm believing with you that, that Jesus wants to do a new thing in, in every one of us individually, but collectively together that we would get to see God do some amazing stuff in the lives of people and that over the course of time, this, this community, this part of Wyoming that we're called to, our footprint, I guess, uh, would be different because we've been here. So last week, um, we, uh, I'll point you to this right now, and you can just look at this while I'm talking, but there's a, there's a little sheet on your, your uh, table. Uh, there's some extras over here if your table doesn't have enough. Because um, I think there's only like five at each, but uh, I'm gonna. So I want you to. We're gonna point to this because we're gonna talk about this towards another question today. But uh, on page one, if you were here last week, we um, or if you weren't here last week, I'll, I'll tell you what we did. Um, there is a reserved chair that we we always kind of talk about here. That um, there's uh, at our gathering and our scattering that this community that we're building. Uh, exists for people who are far from God or people that might be different that, that, than, than us that we desire to build a bridge with. And so we talked about like everybody here uh, individually and then this list is the collective of that about who, who your chair is for. And I, I actually took, there was like 19 names or 18 names of individuals. I took those off this list because I didn't feel like that would be good to I don't know. I don't know if you wanted everybody to know the name that you're praying for necessarily, but 
Uh, there's many people, many groups, many everything that uh, this group desires to know the living God. And so, uh, yeah, who's the, who's the chair for? That, that was our question last week. And uh, if you flip over, so the first page is just the list of just straight up what you guys said. And flip over to the second page. Uh, I, I, I just want to show you this because I thought it was kind of interesting. I compiled what you said into like three general uh, categories, which I thought was very interesting. And, and I don't think it's a stretch to go uh, young blood. I know that's like a Jordan way to say it, but like young people was one of the categories, like kids and students that um, this room collectively was like, yeah, we really, we're really praying for that chair for kids and, and teenagers and college students. And so uh, it's, it's also just interesting to, to remember uh, that, like I shared last week, that 56% of our missional footprint, and I think it's just, let me define that again if you don't know what I'm talking about. A one and a half mile radius around Wyoming High School touches two guys, it touches um, here, it touches Gladiola, Intermediate, like everything that we're kind of involved in in Wyoming is really kind of centered around in the high school itself, uh, around that like footprint. So within that, 56% of the people are, are under 34. There's a lot of young blood in in our world. And it was it's cool to me that uh, not only is that true that there is a lot of young people, but you also care about them. So that kind of like made that stand out to me, that of the, the chairs that we're praying for, young people are, are a big one. The next one uh, that, that was pretty fascinating to me with the single parents, there's, uh, I shared this last week, but that, um, and this has just been punching me in the gut in, in some good ways, I think, uh, um, but that there's 40% of the households in that same missional footprint are uh, single parent households or single caretaker households. And maybe that shouldn't be surprising, but um, I don't know. It's just doing something good inside of me just to recognize that we're, we get to be, we get the privilege of being a community that opens itself up to be good news and extended family for people who might be in tough situations. And you thought the same. That's what's cool about this. So I'm, I'm like describing what the data was saying and how that was popping up. But but I shared those those numbers with you after you did your exercise. I didn't I didn't set you up for it. You you actually were naming these things, which I think is pretty cool. And then that last category, which is like the catch-all category, I guess, because there's lots of things, lots of chairs that we're, we're praying for. But um, collectively felt like bridging gaps between. Uh, People and broken relationships and groups was something that this group like collectively uh, cares about. That we've been praying for the empty chairs of those people who might feel uh, pushed out or broken off or whatever it is. So today, as I continue, um, I want I want you to kind of like think about those three categories, and I'll set you up in a minute about it. But um, collectively, from what we've been saying, and even from what the the like need is showing in Wyoming kind of seems like those are our like focus points. Young blood, and not like, yeah, young blood, single families, single parent families, and bridging gaps between people and people groups. So today, what I want to do is um, I'm hoping that we might 
be able to name some things. So I, I printed these lists so that you could have it in front of you, but that we might be able to name some things that, uh, maybe some things that we could change um, that could uh, have more impact in order to help reach the chairs that we're praying for. I'll give you a real obvious one. I've been wondering when I was gonna say it like this, but is 4.30 the best time to me? I don't know. Maybe I'm starting to feel good about it right now because I've been doing these meals, like that's pretty cool. But but is it? I don't know. That sort of stuff. Do we want to meet in circles or rows? Those are those are some things that I want to talk about. But even more than just like facility conversations, I also want us to think about like what what is what's closing the door uh, to Jesus and the reserved chairs? That's the question of the day. And it, in a minute, I'm going to explain. Well, I'll do this. I'll do that right now. So uh, we can pray for the chairs, metaphorically, uh, of the people that we love and have a burden for, that we can help find the way back to God in both the scattered and the gathered church. But oftentimes, there's there's something that like is in between, right? There's there's a door in between the people out there and the community itself, the scattered church, the gathered missional communities. So what I want to identify today with that question, and I'm going to spend a minute in some scripture here just to show you a problem that they had in the New Testament that they identified and made changes for, but uh, you got sticky notes on your on your table, and that question is what I want. I want to, I want to put the things that you believe might be, and you can think about your people, you can look at the lists, uh, but the things that might be closing a door between the empty chairs and Jesus. So what are the problems? What are the things that we might consider changing? Don't jump to the solutions, though. That's going to be next week. I already, I already can feel it, because you're going to say, we need to do blank. Let's just name the let's just name the barriers right now. So today I hope won't feel like a Charlie Brown Christmas, whatever. But I want to name I want to name some things together based on the chairs that we feel called to that we might want to begin to pray about and imagine uh, if there's a way we could do it differently or if we could um, just name the stuff that might be a door in between um, the the empty chairs and uh, Jesus. So next week we'll dive into the solutions and ideas. So don't go there yet. Because you're going to name a problem and then you're going to say, oh, we could just don't do that. We will. We for sure will. But today is just for naming the like, what do you think the actual issue is between the empty chair and your people? So let me show you this. This is the uh, early church, Acts 2, like such a great description of what um, the church looked like. When, when Jesus commissioned his disciples to do their thing, um, this is what the first generation of Christians looked like, and it's like the most beautiful picture. Uh, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. How that? How is that? I have no idea. Seems like Jesus might be the only way. 
They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Uh, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, so that's the gathered church, and broke bread in their homes, the scattered church, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's a pretty beautiful picture of community, isn't it? I actually kind of feel like I'm looking at that right now, to be honest with you. I know we got our issues and we got our quirks, but I feel like I'm looking at a people who's so generous and wants that, right? But we're not, we're not that much different than that first generation of people. So they, they had a beautiful expression of community. They're all so generous and on mission uh, in the face of like the Roman Empire resistance. But then eventually they had this problem. Like this is the first problem that I could see in the, the like early church that I think is just worth spending a minute on. It's in Acts chapter 6. Uh, the, the story kind of is self-explanatory, so I'll jump into it. It says, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So there was a door between the Hellenistic Jews, so the, Jew, the Greek-speaking people who were now a part of this early community, and they, they weren't having, getting access to the bread. They, weren't, they didn't have equal access to the table. There was a door. There was, something, there was something wrong that needed to be fixed, right? There was a better way to do it. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. What that's not saying is that waiting on tables is less valuable. It just means that their gifting was in a different area. And so they had to do something different. So they said, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. We'll empower them to do that, that good work. And we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. So that was good news to the empty chairs. That was good news to the Greek-speaking people that felt like they were kind of an, an outsider to that group. They said, that feels great. Uh, so they chose uh, Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Also Philip. Philip. Uh, Prochorus. Nicanor. Uh, I didn't practice these ones. Timon. Per, uh, Parmesan. Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas from Antioch. A convert to Judaism. You know the cool part about this? Is it, let me make sure this is the last part. Okay, so they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. So there, the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem. Did we just get a snap for that? That's okay if we did. That's good. Good when the word of God. Um, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and the number of priests became obedient to the faith. Um, cool part. So they, they had to come up with a solution. What do we do in order to make sure that these people who aren't getting access to the table aren't getting access to the bread? They got a, a door that's in the way. What's the solution? So they, all of these seven people that they actually picked, they're all Greek-speaking people. That's interesting, isn't it? They picked seven people that knew the people in order to take care of this problem. I thought that was really fascinating. Sometimes you got to do a little digging to find like a really like I don't know necessary piece of information. They knew 
that in order to open that door up, they had to have people that spoke the language. The Bible also calls that like a person of peace. When the disciples were sent out and went into the villages, they would look for somebody who was a person of peace. I do that all the time, so do you. When you're, when you're trying to be present in the community and bring Jesus to wherever you go, you're looking for whoever's receptive to, well, for me, it's to my silly jokes, but to, to a relationship, right? So they, they did that. They actually chose people that knew the people. So it's also kind of a setup for next week. So how do you, like, bridge the gaps? Well, probably find people that are among us that have connections to the empty chairs and swing the door open. But for now, um, I actually want to get you in groups to talk. So uh, the, the gap between the people in the, ch in the chair uh, is symbolic of something that needs to be uh, opened up. So I want to talk about the possible things that could be keeping the door shut. And then back to that question, what... Come on, stop it. There we go. What is closing the door to Jesus and the reserved chairs? So what what is keeping the door closed? Not what's going to open it. That's going to be next week. But what's keeping the door closed? What's keeping the door closed? So these can be practical things, like I said, like environments. Um, if you're thinking of the gathering, the Sunday gathering, maybe there's things here that we can like name that. It can be basic like that, right? It can be maybe we should unlock this door and put somebody... Like, that stuff is okay too, right? But I also want to expand it beyond that to, like, what is philosophically keeping people away from Jesus? <coughs> is it attitudes? Is it lack of... I don't know. That's, that's what you're here for. So... Let's uh, get in conversations then to do that. So practical is good. Um, also, you don't have to have the answer, so just put whatever comes to your heart. And then uh, what I want you to do is put them on sticky notes and then come and slap them up here. Sound good? And then what we're going to do is collect. I'm going to collect that list again. And next week, you will finally get to do a little bit of that solution work that you're going to be very tempted to want to do right now. But thou shalt not. Okay? So let's uh, do that question. What is closing the door to the reserved chairs? Let's spend 10 minutes on that, and then we'll close out with a song and have some <laughs> delicious food. All right. So um, that's going to happen. That's okay. Those in a minute. We're going to spend, I'm not going to read it yet because it's going to distract me right now because this is, I already know there's good stuff on there, but we're going to spend time processing that a bit more next week. Um, I want to read this passage though, one of the, one of the like epic uh, culminating passages in Ephesians 2 that talks about really like God kicking the door down. Whew. Don't cry, Jordan. Okay. But, not, but now in Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. So he's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles, but let's also, how about just the empty chair? Feels similar to that, doesn't it? 
He has made the two groups one. He himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile them both to God through the cross by which he has put to death their hostility. He came and preached to you who were far away, to us who are far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So God, yes, there's all this stuff, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the faith of this group, I believe that God, we'll see how this goes, okay? That God wants to kick oh. the door down. Oh. I know, I practice. It's okay. It's going to be like that. So, yeah, there's a lot over there. I, I don't even need to read it yet. There's there's stuff that I think would crush us all a little bit. Um, that might seem impossible. But we have come to know and believe with all of our hearts, this group, that there is a God that's kind of like a good father. That's the one actually setting the table who actually has wanted us to be the ones that extend the invitation like we read about last week to the people to come to his table. We're not just inviting people to want to come to a, a church or to like the color purple, because that's our logo, but as an appeal from God the Father, who sent Jesus to come and do the work to break down that wall. That gets to be our good work. So we're going to sing a song that talks about that, and then we're going to eat.